Thank you, Joe. Um, can I get that verse 11 back up there again, please? I want us to read verse 11 together, okay? I want you to, see, I want you to look at it. I want you to read it. I want you to think about it. And then um, all the spiritual gifts that were mentioned previously in 1 Corinthians 12, th this is, in, in this passage at least, this is how it says, all right, in verse 11. So let's, let's read verse 11 thinking about what it means, all right? All these... Okay, so I'm just, I, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'll come to this verse here in a minute. But all of these spiritual gifts, they are empowered by one and the same spirit. That if you, if you are a believer this morning, you have at least one spiritual gift. And in order to, to operate and to be able to do anything for the cause of Christ, you're going to have to be empowered by the one and the same spirit. And that spirit is the one who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That he gave you, if you're a believer, he gave you at least one spiritual gift. But whatever spiritual gift you have, it's the one that the Lord gave you. And the person next to you might not have that same spiritual gift. Okay? So I wasn't planning on that. That's a great verse. All of them are great verses. But uh, I think we can learn some things here. Okay? Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, are you there? Um, this, um, this message is a message that I preached 10 years ago. This topic about spiritual gifts is probably one that I hear the most as I talk to people about serving the Lord, and eventually they're going to say, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. If you've ever said that or thought that, I am glad that you are here today. Um, this is a wonderful message. I try to preach an emphasis on that on a regular basis. But we are going to be looking at a two-part series on spiritual gifts. And today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Bud Wilkinson, he was a football coach of Oklahoma University. Before he joined what was called the President's Physical Fitness Award. I don't know if you remember that. You have to run and jump and all this other stuff. He, asked, he was asked in an interview, what contributions do professional sports make to the physical fitness of Americans? In essence, what good does it do that we have professional athletes out there. And he said this. He, 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 said, uh, he said, a professional football game um, is happening where 50,000 spectators who desperately need exercise, they sit in the stands watching 22 men who desperately need rest. And I, I open with that illustration because, folks, listen to me, in many of churches, it's the same thing. That there's just a few people who are doing the majority of the work. There are few people who are carrying the weight, and others don't know what to do or how to do it or where they fit in. And I'm just telling you, if you're a member of Community Baptist Church, we want you involved. And I, I'm going to say some things about those who might say, well, I'm older and I can't do this. We will get there. But I'm saying this. If you are a believer this morning and you're and you a believer in Christ, he's your Savior, you have at least one spiritual gift that God has given you. And you may not know what that is. And we're going to look at some passages this week and next week, which I hope will help you out. But why am I preaching this message that I preached 10 years ago? It's because we are in a series of uh, what we called great reminders. 
There's two different times in the pastoral epistles. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul told Timothy to remind God's people of certain truths. They knew it. They had heard it. They had been taught it. But he says, you go back and you remind them of these things. And then not only did he tell Timothy that, but he also told Titus that in Titus chapter 3 in verse 1. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want you to see something here. In the very beginning here, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts. I I want to make sure that you understand the context of where we are. That this is one item that the church at Corinth wanted to know more about. This was one item of many items. Okay, If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote. And from 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, Paul is writing to the local church, and he's going to say, Okay, I'm going to answer some of the questions that you had about certain topics. And he starts off in chapter 7 and verse 1, about relationships, physical relationships. Look in verse 25 of that same chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25. He says, Now concerning the betrothed, they had a question about those who were widowed or unmarried. So he answers that. Look in chapter 8 and verse 1. He says, Now concerning foods offered to idols. And he answers that in chapter 8 and verse 1. Go to chapter 10 and look at verse 1. He says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers. And so he's going to inform them on some things in chapter 10. And then go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed. I'm going to tell you about that. And then even in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 16, In verse uh, 1, he talks about the collection of the saints. Now concerning the collection for the saints. So he is starting with chapter 7. He is addressing questions from the congregation. That is in Corinthians. But imagine today, and I I don't have time and I don't have the, the setup for this, but I wonder what questions the church today would have that we'd love to have answers from the Lord on. They had questions back then. And the Lord graciously answered those through his spirit and by the apostle. He answered those. And whatever questions we have today, I believe that the truths are found in the scripture about how to respond even in 2022. But there are issues that were facing the church and they wanted their questions answered. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 we're here about spiritual gifts. I believe that 1 Corinthians 12 is the clearest and fullest chapter in the Bible on the subject of spiritual gifts. Really, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is really about spiritual gifts. What is a spiritual gift? Let's answer that question. What is a spiritual gift? First of all, if, 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 when, you re- when you read or you heard 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 12, verses 1 through 11, you kept hearing the word spirit. Spirit, spirit, spirit. So it's something that God is doing 
by his spirit. Um, a number of definitions, two de different definitions I'll give you. It's a gift. A, a gift is a spirit-given ability for Christian service. A gift is a spirit-given ability for Christian service. Another one is a God-given ability for ministry to the body. A God-given ability for ministry to the body. So we have at least one spiritual gift that God, through His Spirit, has given us. At least one. And you need to know it. You need to use it. You need to honor the Lord with it. So I've got eight principles, and they're going to go quickly. I remember preaching junior high um, graduation years ago, and I said, I have seven points on my sermon. And uh, I, was, I was, of course, preaching it, and it was a, a larger crowd. And uh, when I said, like, seven points, a guy gets up and goes to the bathroom. And he comes back. I, I, I found this out by the person sitting next to him, and he comes back and says, uh, what point is he on now, you know? Uh, eight points, eight truths from this particular passage of Scripture that I think will help you out. Number one is that you are not to be ignorant, but instead knowledgeable about spiritual gifts. Right? That's 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. That you are not to be uninformed. You are to know this subject matter. And there's a number of ways that you can know the subject matter right? One of the ways is to, to know as far as maybe if we could break it down as far as their functions. Um, you don't have to go there, but in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, if any man speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. So we can divide spiritual gifts up into speaking gifts, right? If any man speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Then 1 Peter 4.11 says, but if any man serves, let him do it as the ability which God gives. So there would be one way to break up these spiritual gifts, number one, into speaking gifts, and those that would be support gifts or service gifts, those that are behind the scenes. That's 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11. And it's interesting there, it says, whoever speaks, let him speak as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. You know what happens many times is those who have service gifts, those who do things behind the scenes, they're not up in front of people. And sometimes people who get up in front of people um, they're the ones who become the face or they're the ones who get like, wow, great sermon. But then there's a whole lot of other stuff that happened here at Community Back. Now, I don't know if you're going to say great sermon or not. Let me just say that. All right. Sometimes you might say, oh, I read yesterday. It said uh, uh, that every preacher has at least one good sermon and today might be your day. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is those who get up and teach, they're more, they're, they're seen and they're heard. But man, we have a whole lot of people behind the scenes that get things done here at Community Baptist Church. 
By the way, everyone ought to be shouting hallelujah and everything else. We didn't, no one had to clean the church yesterday, all right? That's turned over now to our landlord, cleaning team that came in on Saturday. But we can break them up into their function, the speaking and the serving. And those who serve, it says, you do it in order that in every, uh, you do it in the strength that God supplies. Because you might get discouraged because you're not seen and you're not visible. But whether it's a speaking gift or a serving gift, in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says that you do these things in order in everything that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. You do what God has called you to do for the glory of God. And if you have a speaking gift, you do it for his glory. If you have a serving gift, you do it for his glory. And we're going to see here in 1 Corinthians 12, we are to do it for his glory, but we're also going to do it for the good of other people, for the body of Christ. So one, the function. Number two, if you want to know, if you're not, wanting to, not being ignorant about spiritual gifts, then it ought to be good for you to know where you can go and find more about these spiritual gifts. We're in Romans chapter what? No, oh, I'm sorry. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter what? 1 Corinthians what? You can also go to Romans chapter what? 12. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 talk about spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Say that. Romans 1 Corinthians, all right, boom, you got it. Those, we'll talk about spiritual gifts. You can also go to Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter, what? Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, all right? If you look at those four passages of Scripture, you're going to really come up with a list of all the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament, with one exception. And that's Matthew chapter 19 that I believe that the gift of singleness would be in that spiritual gift in Matthew chapter 19. But if you are not to be ignorant, but instead knowledgeable about spiritual gifts, understand that there are speaking gifts and there are serving gifts. Understand that if you want to do more reading, perhaps this afternoon, especially those who are in the dessert contest, I mean, just spend a lot of time studying this today. Don't worry about that dessert. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. Okay? Don't be ignorant. Don't be uninformed. Understand this. Number two, and I've already said this, every believer has at least one spiritual gift. In 1 Corinthians 12, he, he, he mentions the word brothers. He mentions those who are in Christ. Wouldn't be just only men, but it'd be those who know Christ. And let me ask you a question here. He, he's writing to the church at Corinth about spiritual gifts. Any of you ever heard of like a Corinth Baptist church or a Corinth church? Has anybody? Raise your hand. Okay. Would, would that be the term that you would want to be notified of being a, a church from Corinth? What do you know about the church of Corinth? Trouble. What else? worldly jealousy immorality can we say this they were some mixed up people right they had a lot of problems right guess what God gives people who are mixed up and messed up and troubled spiritual gifts those who are in Christ 
And you may be here this morning and things are not the way they ought to be. The things are, are not where they were in the past. No one would want to be like this church of Corinth. The Bible talks about that they were contentious. They were acting carnal. They were permissive of sin and they were proud about it. They were taking each other's to court. But, but the Lord said to these people, listen, if you're in Christ, you have at least one spiritual gift. I know things are mixed up and messed up. But if you're in Christ, you've got a spiritual gift. Principle number three. The subject of spiritual gifts is one that requires tremendous spiritual discernment. Because what the, what the devil does is he is good at letting you think that something is this when in reality it's this. And you see that here. It's so interesting how the Apostle Paul writes, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting how he talks about the body. And in verse 15, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, he says in verse 14, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Verse 15, he mentions the foot. He also says the hand. In verse 16, he mentions the ear. Verse 17, he mentions the eye. Verse 17, he mentions the nose. Verse 21, he mentions the eye and the hand and the head and the feet. Stay with me here. He's talking about body parts here. But do you remember what spiritual gift that the Corinthians wanted to make a big deal about? The tongue. Do you know that the tongue is not mentioned here? They wanted to make a big deal about the tongue. And he didn't even address the tongue. And folks, it's interesting that there are people growing up, my mom wanted me to speak in tongues, and she would say, go over here and let's get together as a family and just keep praying to the Spirit. And, and, and there are those who will say, unless you have spoken in tongues, then, then you're not as spiritual as other people. And we can go with that particular doctrine, but we can also go with other aspects of different things. And we just have to be people of discernment when it comes to spiritual gifts. Principle number four. Not all believers have the same spiritual gift. Look back in verse four. Verse four, now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit and there are varieties of service but the same lord and there are varieties of activities but it is the same god who empowers them all in everyone and i want to say this um between the 19 to 21 different spiritual gifts that are listed in scripture do you know I don't think this is one of my points. It might be one of my points next week. But do you know that there's not anyone here this morning, I hate to break your hearts, that has all the spiritual gifts? And if you don't have all the spiritual gifts, do you know that you need someone else to help you in that particular area? Do you know the eyeball? I mean, the eyeball can see. But do you know the eyeball can't pick anything up? Do you know the eyeball can't walk somewhere? Do you know the eyeball needs the hand to pick something up? 
or the eyeball needs the foot to take them somewhere. And my point is, and even throughout 1 Corinthians 12, is there's a body imagery. And if we walk around with one arm, we can function. I've seen athletes out there on the basketball court function. But if we're supposed to have two hands, we function a whole lot better with two hands. And in a church setting, we need every member ministering for the glory of God and for the good of others. And we ought to value and appreciate those who have gifts that are different than us. And that also means this, folks, that I ought to be willing to allow someone else to serve me. Did you hear me? And we live in a day-to-day that we don't want anyone else to do anything for us because we can do it. And when we're thinking scripturally in 1 Corinthians 12, no, other people, God has gifted them to do other things. And why don't you let them do it? Why don't you let them be a blessing in that way? Next week, it gets to a point that sometimes we think that some gifts are more important than the other gifts. Do you know what gift is important to you? The one that God's given you. And you're to use that gift, whatever it is, for the, God, for, for the glory of God and for the good of man. Let me address some of our senior saints that I've heard over the years. And, and I understand this. Um, um, back in around... 1999, 2000, I was pastoring in a church in Dover, New Hampshire, and had a lot of older folks, and they, would, they couldn't make it to the evening service because they're, they're the, the eyes, you know, they can't do well at nighttime. And people would say, now, pastor, I'll not be here tonight. I just want you to know it's because of my eyes and everything else. And I said to them this, I said, I understand. I said, because I'm going to show you grace because when I get older, not old, older, that I hope some young whippersnapper is kind to me. And sometimes as we get older, we're not able to do everything that we used to do. A, a friend of mine called me um, yesterday, and he says, hey, check out this race in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it's kind of an obstacle course. Uh, it's a 5K with like 12 different things. And let's take our wives down there uh, at the end of this month, and let's do this. And I said, Dave... 25 years ago, I would have been up for this. I said, but I'm smarter now to know that I'm not going to pull that off. I'm so glad you didn't say amen on that. Hey, all right, there's hope. Um, Sometimes the senior adult will say, you know, pastor, all I can do is pray. Guess what? Pray. Um, I, I think the last time I preached this, which I, I didn't do it this time, you'll have to forgive me, but last time I did this, I, I gave everyone an envelope as they came into the church. And I said, you keep your envelope closed. And in the envelope, the church was a lot smaller. I can't afford it today. But in the envelope was either a dollar bill or like a $2 bill or like a $5 bill. I don't think I gave $10. And I had everyone have these different envelopes and I said all right everyone open it and someone opened it and they had a dollar guess what they had a dollar more than what they had when they came in but then they looked next to their neighbor and their neighbor had a five dollar bill 
kind of made, made the person envious. Like, well, how, why did they get a $5 bill? You know, that's how we do with spiritual gifts as well. God's the one that gives it to us. We have at least one. Then we look at someone else that has five. We're like, who gave you five? Why do you deserve five? You, you use the gift, even if it's a one gift, you use it for God's glory and man's good. Number five, your giftedness is from God. Look at verse number 11. Also in verse 7, I could pull it from there as well, but all these are empowered by one in the same spirit who apportions to each one individually, look at the last three words, as he wills. I don't know what spiritual gift you have. Don't be upset at me for whatever spiritual gift you have. And listen, if you don't have a spiritual gift, sometimes, I mean, like when we talk, Pastor Dan and I talk to people who join our church, we'll ask them, what do you enjoy doing? Because like if you don't enjoy teaching, we don't want you teaching. But if you enjoy teaching, then you're going to enjoy it and other people are going to enjoy it. Can I just give a stop and say a promo here? Um, our Sunday school class, we met this morning in the, the uh, 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, and um, we had a particular teacher teach, and that teaching time was a blessing to my heart. And that's what happened in the senior adult ministry, Romans chapter 7, right? We need, you need more of God's word not less of God's word. And I am so thankful as one of our teachers got up here and spoke during Sunday school class that he understood the subject. He was passionate about it. It was a blessing to my heart. But whatever that spiritual gift is, um, you're, you're, we're to use it. It's from God. God has given that to you. And we ought to be thankful for what God has given to us. And you ought, of course, you ought to understand what it is and everything else. And when you understand this, you know there's no boasting. Look at my spiritual gift. Hey! No, God gave you that gift. There also ought not to be any complaining and, and being critical to the Lord. Lord, why, why do I have this gift? He gave it to you. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is the one that convicted you of sin? John chapter 16 and verse 8. The Holy Spirit positioned us in Christ, in Christ alone, as we sang this morning. The Holy Spirit indwells us when we got saved. The Holy Spirit gave you a spiritual gift when you got saved, and the Holy Spirit is the one that gifted you that gift. Principle number six. Spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. Look at verse 7. This is to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Look at verse number 10 of our chapter. It says in verse 10, To another the working of miracles. Now, next week I'll explain a little bit more, but I believe that there are 
functions, there are those that speaking gifts, and then there are those that are serving gifts. I also believe that there are other gifts that would be permanent gifts and those that are uh, temporary gifts, okay? Um, if someone was to do a miracle, could they do that miracle, or would it have to be done outside of themselves? Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you could be a, a phony and pretend like you're doing a miracle, but verse 10 talks about, to another, the working of miracles. That if you, specifically, I believe in the New Testament time or at other times throughout history, throughout the scriptures, Old Testament times when miracles were done, if that was done, only God can do it. Do you agree? So, folks, you also have to apply that to any other gift there is out there. That if, if it happens, only God can do it, and it's through you. It's not because how good you are. It's not how talented you are. It's because of what God does through you. It's a manifestation of, like, look what the Lord is doing through you. I've given this illustration a number of years ago, but... I, I went on a, a ministry with these folks on a Saturday and helped them out. They were new to it. As a pastor, I was showing them what to do. And the next day, as they came in from, like, um, you know, visiting kids and bringing them into church and everything else, I said, I said, how did it go this morning? And they said, man, he is so good. And they just kept talking about him and him and him. And I'm like, who's the him? Um because I was with you yesterday. I was the one that taught you this and everything else. And they're like, yes, God is so good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, amen. God is so good. Yep. And so often we forget that it's God and not us. See, if we do it, who gets the glory? If God does it through us, who gets the glory? And it's really not about us. It's about God. That we can stand back and say, you know what? God did this. God is good. Number seven, number seven, members of the body are under the direction of the head. So he gives the imagery here in 1 Corinthians 12 about the body. All different body parts are mentioned. Look in verse 12 of our 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. It doesn't say specifically here from the headship aspect, but we look in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So every body member is to respond to the head. And it's not only respond to the head, folks, but it's to be empowered by the head. Because if we don't have no head, if we don't have any head, we, we can't do anything else. You can be like a chicken that has its head cut off and it runs all over the place and everything else. That's not going to last long. But when you have the head, as Christ is the head of the church... He's not only our, the one that we listen to. He's not only our leader, our, our head, 
but he's our source of power to be able to function in the body and to know what to do. We're under the direction of the head. And principle number eight this morning, spiritual gifts are given to benefit the body of Christ, the church. 1 Corinthians, 7, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it talks about as, as the believer, as a body, it's, the body is to be built up. Ephesians also mentions that, that the body is to be built up. And that means as members of the body of Christ, we are impacting other people. What you do blesses other people. Um, and so often that things happen around here and I think we just take it for granted. Uh, there was someone yesterday that I texted, and I said, hey, would you go and pick up lunch for the building committee? Because we met pretty much all day yesterday. And no one else in this whole wide world of the church knew, but that person went and picked up Chick-fil-A, God's sandwich, right? <laughs> and brought that back to our church with some chocolate chip cookies. And no one else knew that. But God did, and I did, and maybe a few other people that saw. The body takes care of the body. If the body starts doing wrong things in the body, then the body is going to start being damaged, whether it's cancer, leukemia. No one gets a hammer and says, the hand doesn't say, you know what, I'm tired of that thumb. And just wax the thumb. Why? It's not the thumb that's going to suffer. It's the whole body that's going to suffer. There's going to be pain and agony. Because we as body members affect the body. Spiritual gifts are God's way of providing grace to others through you. I like what Charles Stanley said here, and I close with this, and we'll pray. And Charles Stanley said this, Those who refuse to be used within the body, they are robbing the body of Christ. They are forcing other members of the body to carry their load. They are dead weight on the body, dysfunctional limbs. They are out of touch with the Spirit of God. And this is not more about what are you going to do for us. This is more about what is God going to do through you. And when we have a body that is functioning as it should, then God is glorified and God's people are blessed. We'll see more of that next week. Let's pray. And I trust the Lord will bless the reading and the preaching of his word this morning. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for your word. I pray that you would help us to begin to maybe open our Bibles this afternoon or may, uh, spend some time in 1 Corinthians 12 or Romans 12 or Ephesians 4 or 1 Peter 4 and just saying, Lord, help me to understand more about this spiritual gift and uh, pray you'd help me as I perhaps send out some information. To, there's tools and things to, be, to know that, but Lord, first and foremost, help us to do what it says in Romans 12 that we are to, um, to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. So that really starts with our saying, Lord, we're, we're, we understand that we're not our own. We're bought with a price. And Lord, use me for your glory and use me for the good of others.
And I'm going to pause this prayer just for a moment and, and say this. Yes, what you do impacts this church. But you can use those spiritual gifts at your workplace tomorrow morning. And you can use those spiritual gifts to serve your neighbors and shine the light of the gospel by God's giftedness in your life and using those things to impact others. So God, give us wisdom to understand what our spiritual gift is and to say, Lord, I want to use my spiritual gift and I want, to be, I want it to, to be done in your power. And I, I, think, I think, Lord, perhaps some of us need to repent of our sin because sometimes we do things in the energy of our flesh. And I know ministry gets hard, and I know it gets difficult, and sometimes it's tough, and, and we have to do it. But, Lord, help us to, to do it in your power and give us that grace and strength to be able to do what you have called us to do. Thank you for community and for the service that so many people give and the things that people um, really offer as a sacrifice to other people and receive our service as worship to you because you alone are worthy. We love you. We pray in your name.